0: Amen. You may be seated. It's wonderful to see you here this morning. Just while everybody's being settled real quickly, I just want to thank the Lord for Sunday school. We've been going through the Psalms, and this morning, Jordan and Patricia taught on uh, Psalms 15 and 16. It was very good, and um, I just encourage you, if you don't come to Sunday school, it's it's a wonderful time. I've been praying for Sunday school that it That I know the Lord can really use it to build up His church, to make us more grounded and established in the Word and in the faith. And so I thank the Lord for uh, them teaching this morning and, and all of our teachers that teach Sunday school. I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. And let's begin reading in verse 20. Exodus 25, 20. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Patanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggle within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And here's our key verse, actually, we're going to look at today in verse 23. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger the Lord says, we know this is a story of Isaac and Rebekah. Evidently, she was barren and hadn't born a child, and so uh, they pray. And Isaac prays, and the Lord answers his prayer, and, and Rebekah conceives. And she's got twins, and we know these are famous twins. This is going to be Jacob and Esau that she gives, gives birth to. But the Lord, she, she's wondering uh, whatever struggle she was going through during her labor, and she inquires of the Lord, and the Lord says three things to her. She, he says, "There's two manner of people, then there's two na- two nations, two manner of people, and and they're going to be separated. Okay, they're going to be separated, one from the other, and one's going to be stronger than the other." And I was thinking about that, and the Lord put that, I believe, on my heart and mind for our message today. And the message is simply this: that the life we live for God is a separated life. It is to be separated. Jacob and Esau were both human beings and both had two legs and two eyes and, and so forth. But they were nothing alike morally. They were nothing alike in their one's love for God and desire for God. And one who totally disdained, the Bible tells us that, the things of the Lord. Wanted nothing to do. He just wanted to enjoy the carnal things of this life. If we have been born again, then we have been called to live a life that's separated unto God. It's a very simple thought this morning, but we're set apart by the Lord, and we're set apart unto the Lord. The Lord sets us apart, and we're set apart specifically unto him, a separated life. Know this, that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself, he says. The Lord has done that. The Lord has set apart the godly man, woman, young person for himself. We're not just set apart and we're different from them. We're different for a reason. We're different with a purpose. We're different with a different life that is now in us. And we're separated unto the Lord for a holy purpose. So life in Christ that we spoke about a lot last week, life in Christ is eternal and it is abundant, but it's also a separated life. It is eternal. Jesus said, Because I live, you will live also. It is eternal. But by its very nature, the life that we now have in Christ. The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, right? Now we're saved. We're not only saved as though something happened to us and now we can go to heaven. It's more than that. We have the life of Christ in us now. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're new creatures in Christ. And so you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Well, he quickened us with life. He quickened us with the life of his Son. It is the Holy Spirit Uh, specifically that comes to, to dwell in the life of the believer, we are born of the Spirit. We're born again, and we have new life in Christ. And by its very nature, this new life in Christ is a separated life. It's no longer of the world, and we're no longer of the world. Jesus said when he was praying to his Father with his disciples, speaking of them, he said, Father, they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Of has to do with origin, right? Of. They're of God. We're born of the Spirit. We're of the Lord now. And so this new life is by its very nature different. We're not only different to be strange or peculiar. I know a lot of peculiar people, you know, and I've probably been peculiar in in my life before in different things. we're not just weird just to be weird. The difference is Christ in us. It is a very specific difference okay? A very specific reason that we're not of the world. Jesus said, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world and I've called you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. I've given them my word, Father, and the world's hated them, okay? So the difference, they're not of the world, Father, even as in the same manner that I'm not of the world. The difference is the holiness. The difference is Uh, spiritual and of God, in the life of God, okay? It's not just a difference to be difference. This new life is no longer characterized by sin and darkness. Our life was before, even if we thought we were a pretty good person before we got saved, uh, our life would have been characterized by sin and darkness. Our life is no longer characterized by ignorance or unbelief to the things of God or rebellion or disobedience to our Creator We're no longer enemies of God. We're no no longer estranged from God. We're no longer under the judgment and condemnation of God. This is all part of our glorious salvation, amen? We're not part of that. This totally different, this new life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, and that's salvation, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, and so, but in Christ, this life that we have by faith in Jesus Christ, this finished work of redemption on the cross, we have life. We have it abund- abundant and eternal and free. But we also, that this life is to be by its very nature different. It is different than the life we had before. It is a life that is to be separated unto God. It's not like the old life. We still eat and drink and so forth and and have physical needs like everybody that doesn't know the Lord. But we're different now. Our meat is now the bread of heaven. We're told to feast on the bread of life, the bread of heaven. Our meat now, as Jesus said, is to do the will of him that sent us. Our drink is rivers of living water. Jesus told the woman at the well, if any man drinks of this water that I give him, it's going to be in him a well that springs up into everlasting life. So it's not like the life we had before. It's not like the old life. This life is the life of Christ. It's his life in us. He didn't just give us some kind of life and some kind of salvation. He gave himself. This is life eternal, that they may know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue it comes it's a specific life it comes a specific way by faith in the lord jesus christ and the work that he did and i come into a, a knowledge have a knowledge of god now it's a relationship okay it's a, our spiritual eyes have been opened by the holy spirit and we come into christ by faith in him and he, he now lives in us it is his life He doesn't tell us and go out and say, try to improve yourselves and make yourself somewhat more Christian. He doesn't send us out and reform us in the sense of hopefully, you know, people take a prisoner and try to reform him and make him fit for society. It's a whole new, it's a whole new life. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. It's a new life that we did not have before. And now Christ lives in us. And he's our good shepherd, and we hear his voice, and we listen. He leads us and guides us by his holy word day by day, amen, and by his Holy Spirit. And we walk, and we, that knowledge of Christ increases, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we grow in the Lord. It is, uh, if we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's rivers of living water that flow from us. And I can tell you the world does not know this life. They don't possess this life. You didn't possess it, nor did I before I came to Christ. Uh, it's like on the outside looking in, and people look at your life or look at our church and so forth. to look at Christians and Christianity, and they scratch their heads. The world doesn't know it. The world doesn't understand it. So the Bible says the natural man uh, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. The natural man that's just lost, and that would have been me before I came to Christ. That doesn't understand, can't spiritually comprehend the, thing, the things of the Spirit that are of God, for they're spiritually discerned. He, neither can he know them, okay? It's impossible. But the Lord comes to every man. But anyway, the world doesn't know or understand or have this life. And for the most part, most people that don't know the Lord, they don't like it. They, they, don't, they don't like it as a whole. And I'll read what Peter said. Wherefore, they, the world, thinks it, think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. When somebody comes to Christ, yes, there might be people that instantly want to know what happened and they're attracted to the Lord. But just in society, the world as a whole, when you picture the world, the whole world lies in the embrace of the wicked one, the Bible says. Okay? The lot, whole lot, world lies in darkness. And so they don't have this life that a believer has, and they think it's strange. And they can tolerate Uh, you know a lost person can tolerate maybe an atheist or tolerate this or that or the other but what they really can't tolerate is somebody really living for God that's really born again and living for Jesus Christ and it says and they speak evil of you because this is a life that they don't have and they don't understand it but this life that we have by faith in Jesus is different we have a different love we have a different Lord we have a different calling We have different desires and affections in our heart. We have a different government, if you want to call it that, to live by. We have a different hope that this world doesn't have and that we did not have before we came to Christ. I'm just making the point that it's so different. And as we walk day by day with the Lord by the power of His Spirit and the light of His Word, word, we're increasingly being uh, separated unto God. It's supposed to be that way. You think, what's happening? What's happening to all my my friends I knew before uh, I got saved and they don't want anything to do with me anymore? That's part of it. That's part of it. We draw closer to the Lord and they don't know the Lord. And so it seems like there's this drifting away and yet it's of God. If you want to witness to them and share the gospel with them and they can be saved and come with you. But if not, then there's going to be a natural separation which is of God and don't fight that keep your eyes on Jesus we don't look to make enemies but when you walk with the Lord they're going to be people that be people that used to know you when, right when you didn't know Christ and they're not going to understand it they just can't fathom what's happened to Randy he's so different and there's going to be this separation and it's okay you can tell them if God gives you the opportunity or you make the opportunity. Whether they come or not, it's up to them and the Lord. Up to them, actually. But the point is, there's a separation and there's a difference, and it's supposed to be. The Bible says, Peter says it, there were strangers and pilgrims. Okay? Strangers and pilgrims. Who are? Believers. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. In Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where we live, we are actually strangers and pilgrims. How and why? Well, we're strangers because it means an alien. It's an, we're an aliens. This is not our home. This is not where we're from. We're born of the Spirit. Jesus said, I am from heaven. I am from above. You're from beneath, right? And so we're now born of His Spirit. So we are strangers here with our feet planted on the ground, yeah, we live here and have our jobs and families and work and so forth because he's got a mission for us at this time. He's got a purpose for us being saved and in the world, that we be salt and light, okay? But this is not our home. We're strangers here. We're aliens. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. Paul said, to part and be with Christ is far better. How long to be with the Lord? But it's more needful that I'm here with you in the body to minister as long as he would have me to minister the things of God, Right? But his home was really in heaven, even when he was planted on this earth. So we're strangers. We're also pilgrims. What does that mean? It's temporary. We're just passing through. A pilgrim is passing through. He's not home, and he's not here for long. Okay? We're strangers and pilgrims. We're passing through. We're going home one day. Hallelujah. I'm ready. Are you all ready? I'm ready to go be with the Lord. But we're strangers and pilgrims. This is one of the most clear, I would say, fundamental truths revealed in the scriptures. Is that the life of Christ, among other things, we could talk about abundant life. We could talk about eternal life. Today we're talking about a separated life. And it's very clearly taught in the scriptures. We are not, we're not saved by Christ and placed in the body of Christ in order to remain the same. We're not saved and in Christ so that we'll fit in with the world. We're not saved and in Christ so that we'll blend in with lost people that, that don't know the Lord. We're not saved and in Christ so that we can live for ourselves, so that we can hide our light under a bushel, so that we can seek out through life the path of least resistance. You know what I'm talking about? If I'm driving, I want the path of least resistance. I want the least traffic. I want to find the, the best, quickest way to get there. But we're not called as believers and placed in this church, I mean, in this world that doesn't know Christ, as believers, to say, let me find the easiest road. No, we have a good shepherd, as I said, and we're called to be a war, a good warfare, as good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to walk with the Lord. My job is not to say, how can I fit in with the most people, blend in with the most people, upset the fewest people. You see, cause call, call to learn uh, the least uh, opposition to my life and be most accepted. That's not what we're called to do. Jesus said, you're going to be hated by all men for my name's sake. He says, behold, I sh- send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. There, but I'm with you. I'm there with you. Be wise as servants, harmless as doves. I'm with you. That we have to remember that. Okay, but so we're not saved and in Christ in order to just have this, quote, easy life where everything just, we just blend in perfectly and don't make uh, anybody upset. We're saved and called and quickened to be by Christ and in Christ his sons and daughters. His sons and daughters. His people. I want to read this scripture. For I, the Lord, which sanctify you, am holy. Sanctify means to separate. Okay? Okay? Uh, The word holiness and sanctification are synonymous, basically. But the word means, when you hear it in the Bible, uh, be holy for I am holy. Holy has two meanings, really. It means morally pure or perfect, sinless. God is that, okay? I am holy. But it also has, uh, when something is holy unto the Lord, it's sanctified or separated unto the Lord. They both go together, morally pure and perfect and sinless and separated, okay? Not a blending of the two. And the, and the Lord says, For I, the Lord, would sanctify you, am holy. Okay, so we're called to be that. Holy as He is holy. How? Is it? Is it just that our doctrine speaks of the holiness of God? Is it just that in our minds we believe that God is holy? How am I to be holy? Well, I don't walk around with my nose in the air and assume... Or pretend that I'm better than everyone else, how am I to be holy? The Bible says that we're to be holy in how? In all manner of what? Conversation. What is conversation? Does it mean just like have a talk? Conversation includes that. Conversation means conduct, it means behavior, it means lifestyle. So we're to be holy in very practical ways, believe it or not. We're holy in a spiritual way because we belong to the Lord and His Holy Spirit lives in us. But that that shows itself in very real-life kind of ways. People are telling a dirty joke over here. I'm going to step away. I'm not going to be part of that. They can think what they want about me. If they give me an opportunity to explain, I'll explain it to them. But the point is I don't have to blend in with that in very practical ways. We can be holy in all manner of conversation. What am I looking at on my TV set? We can be holy. What am I listening to? What am I watching? Uh, It could go on and on and on, but it's in practical ways, in very practical ways, and it is the Lord who is sanctifying us. So he is making us holy. It's not you trying to be holy on your own. It is the working of the Holy Spirit in you, but it's a real work. It's really taking place. There really is a separation and a sanctifying by the Lord and unto the Lord. Okay, so now that we're saved and, and separated unto the Lord and called to be, we're to take Jesus' yoke, learn of him. And the Bible says in First Peter, if you're taking notes, First Peter 2, 9 and 10, for ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, That you should show forth the praises of him, that's God, who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And so, there's a real purpose in it. My life is to show forth praises and glory to God. Everything about my life, when I'm by myself, it's just me and Jesus. When I'm at home and it's just my family and you let your hair down, so to speak, or when you're at work or at school or strangers or friends or wherever the environment, our life is to show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Everybody won't understand it. Some will. Everybody you talked to about Jesus is not going to be saved. Praise God, some are. Okay? But that doesn't change what we're called to do and to be. We're called to be separated unto the Lord. Amen? So what does it mean, a chosen generation? That means select. Chosen means select or favorite. Um, What does it mean, royal? It means kingly. Kingly, a peculiar people. That means a purchased possession. We've been bought with a price. We don't even belong to ourselves any longer. So, as we're growing in the Lord, what we're going to see is an increasingly more, more of a separation. So, being separated is two, two directions, right? I'm being separated unto God, and naturally, I'm going to be separated from the world. When I say the world, that would just be everything in the world, certainly sinful things and things that are just carnal and not of God. I'm going to be separated unto the Lord. Amen. He's working that in our lives. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures here myself from Leviticus. But I have said unto you, this is, this is the Lord speaking to through Moses to the people before they take uh, cross the Jordan River and go to the promised land. I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their land, the Canaanites land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. For I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. And we're going to talk about this in just a moment, but I want to say when we talk about the Lord separating us, he's not, it's not talking about an arrogance like God loves us and he doesn't like those people over there. We were one of those people over there, okay? God so loved the world. We're talking about a separation because this life of Christ in us brings a difference. It is different. And it is is supposed to make a tangible difference in us. That we're to be a peculiar people that show forth his praises. All right? So that's the separation. So the Lord says, I am the Lord, which God, which you have separated you from other people. Another scripture in that same chapter. And ye shall be holy unto me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have severed you from other people that you should be mine. Isn't that a wonderful scripture? That's Leviticus 20, 26. I'm going to read it again. And ye shall be holy unto me. So if we're just different to be different, or even say religious just to be religious, and it's not drawing us closer to Jesus and making us more like Christ, then that's some other thing that's kind of man-made and not really what the Lord's talking about, holiness. Okay, He says, you shall be holy unto me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have severed you. It's like taking a knife or something and severing. I'm severing this from that. Okay? I am the Lord and have severed you from other people that ye should be mine. So we're severed for a reason. right? I didn't didn't sever you from other people and throw you both out there somewhere. I severed you from other people that you'd be mine. That you would be mine. I don't think sometimes we fully appreciate the love of God for us, the purpose and plans he has for us, and the power of this new life and and in salvation. What he's really wanting to do is more than just take us to heaven and give us a residence up there somewhere. He's called us unto himself, okay, because he loves us. In Hebrews uh, 7, it says, For such a high priest, speaking of Christ, became us, who is holy... Harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Jesus Christ is separate from sinners, and yet he came and lived right in the midst of sinners. And yet he came and died for sinners. And he loved sinners. And he said to the thief on the cross, today you're going to be with me in paradise. He came to save sinners, but he himself is not a sinner. The prince of this world cometh, Jesus said, and had nothing in me. Satan's got nothing in me. He was holy unto the Lord, okay? And yet he loves sinners, and he's separate is the point. Uh, And we're separated unto God. So I want to bring this this on, that this holiness is God's nature. It's who he is. It's one of the things, one of the many things about the one true living God that distinguishes him and separates him from all these other pagan idols or belief systems or deities uh, that are man-made or their doctrines of devils, one of the two. He is separate, and His holiness is one of the things that separates Him. And He wants us to be a holy people, and He wants you and I as saved people, even if we're recently saved, He wants us to be able to distinguish between holy and profane. This is of God. This is not of God, right? The discernment He gives us by His Word, the discernment by the Holy Spirit— But this division, uh, we see it all through scriptures. And I know I quote this all the time. But if you just started reading the Bible like a book. So I'm going to turn to page one. Okay. It starts off in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God divided the light from the darkness God's way God spiritually speaking that continues that is ongoing that is God's way God divided the light from the darkness okay we are salt and light we are the light of Christ in this world if we're taking our light and hide it under our bushel if we're taking our life and obscuring it by sin and compromise and we want to fit in I don't want people to think I'm weird and I want to be popular and whatever, and we just want to blend in and we're nervous and we're embarrassed and maybe we're ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We need to come out of that. God will help us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is to give us boldness that we would go forth in, st- in in his name, amen, boldness to stand for him. But that separation, you know, all through the, the six days of creation, God made the grass and he made the herbs and he made the fruit tree bearing fruit whose seed was in itself and every living creature and everything that creepeth upon the earth and the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea. And guess what? They were all made after their kind. The fowl wasn't like a snail, Okay. The blue whale wasn't like a hippopotamus. They were, after their con, there was a separation. That's not a bad thing, okay? It's not a bad thing. And so there's a clear distinction that we see. And God's people are to be clearly distinguished from people that don't know Christ. And the glory is to go to God, not you. And the reason you're different is because God made you different. And the reason I may not laugh at their dirty joke is because God made me different and have a joy unspeakable. And I don't want their dirty joke. I want the joy that the Lord has for me. The difference is Christ. And the difference is the work that he's done and is doing in my life. And you can say you can have this too. You can have this same thing. So it's a difference, y'all. It's not a difference between rich and poor. God's not dividing up like that. The Bible says that uh, in Christ, there's neither male nor female, right? Bond or servant. We're all one in Christ. So it's not that kind of separation. It's separation from the world and from all that's not of God. And a separation unto the Lord. So what does this life look like? Well, it's a life that's separated from sin. When we do sin we can go to the lord and be forgiven amen we don't have to walk in sin and wallow in sin and stay in sin like a pig in the mud we all sin and we've sinned since we've been christians go to the lord and be forgiven don't stay there okay a separation from sin a separation from the world a separation from unbelief and darkness a separation from all that's not christ a separation from what we were before It's a complete separation unto God. Well, what's this new life like? Well, it's characterized by his life, his joy, his power, his presence in us, obedience to his word, his love for others, a longing to be with him, a prayer life, communion in the Holy Ghost, a love for his body. This is the separation. You could add more to that as well. It doesn't cause us to be arrogant. It causes us to humble ourselves before God, that he separated me and severed me from other people unto himself by the blood of Jesus Christ and by a spirit that lives inside of me. He did that because he's a good God and merciful to sinners. And I believed in him and put my trust in him. It should cause no arrogance on the part of the Christian. It ought to cause a great humility that we come and say, Oh, how can a holy God be so merciful to unholy people like me? That's what it should cause us to do. The the nation of Israel, I'm bringing this to a close. The nation of Israel, the Jewish nation, which we read a lot from Leviticus, was called to be what? Separated unto God. They were called to be specifically a light to the Gentiles. So they weren't Gentiles. They were Jews. They were God's chosen people. There's just little borders around who they are, not just physically their land, but the God that they worshiped and their, the way they lived and the, the things they did and didn't do and the way they spoke and all of it was to be a representative of Jehovah on the earth, a light to the Gentiles that were all around them. God loves the Gentiles too, but that people was to be separated were to be separated into God to be a light to the Gentiles. You don't worship their idols you don't give your sons to marry their daughters or their daughters to marry your sons. You don't do like they do. You're to be a light to the Gentiles. The Lord set them apart. And, and we are called to be a light to this world. Very simple, and I know that you know this. And so we're to be clearly separated. What is the word separate? Separated means it means distinguished. Distinguished. we're severed there's a distinguishing there's a difference okay there's a difference and again that difference has to be Christ I'm going to close with what we started with this morning back in Genesis 25 the Lord said unto her in verse 23 to Rebecca Rebecca you got two nations Why, why is this struggle going on within my womb probably is what she's saying Lord what's going on Rebecca you have two nations in your womb two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. They're going to they're go their different way. They're going to be separated. And the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. She first says two nations. Doesn't the Bible say, and we quoted it earlier from 1 Peter, that we are uh, a chosen generation, a holy n- a nation, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. We are a nation unto the Lord. as, as in the sense of being his body. Two manner of people, she said, and we're called to be a peculiar people. Peter says in Second Peter, when he's talking about the, the judgment of God and everything's going to be refined with fire in the, end, in the last days, and he talks about uh, what manner of persons ought you, ought you to be in all manner of holy conversation and godliness. We're to be holy unto the Lord. They're going to be separated from your bowels. And again, this is Jacob. Jacob was the patriarch. Jacob was, was a fulfillment of the, the covenant that God made with Abraham and then his son Isaac. And then came Jacob. It wasn't a covenant with Esau, who was in or his twin brother. It was a covenant with Jacob, though Jacob was far from a perfect man. He did follow the Lord. That was his pattern. Jehovah was his God. Okay, And he had these 12 sons. There were 12 tribes of Israel. And our Lord and Savior came through that line, not through Esau's line. What about Esau? Well, Esau, the Bible says in Hebrews, was a profane person. Well, they did all these horrible, immoral things. Well, he did some. But the, the, the biggest thing that the Bible calls him a profane person is that he despised and sold his birthright, quote, for a morsel of bread. I always say this, what should have been dearest and most important to him, which was spiritual, was the least important to him. Give me a bowl of soup, I'm hungry. And the Lord says, that's that's just profane. He despised it. What he should have cherished, he despised. Two manner of people, amen? And so we come to the Lord, and the last thing he said to Rebecca about these two uh, two children she was going to have. One, the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. And I would simply say this. Because of Christ, we're stronger. Okay? The, the two were separated from the world. And the Bible says that uh, you are of God, little children, 1 John 4, 4, and have overcome them, them, the world, and all that's in the world, and the spirit of Antichrist. You're of God, little children. You're of God. That's why we've overcome and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So this separated life, the last thing I want to mention is an overcoming life. It is a life because of Christ that we're safe and secure and we're strong and we don't have to be overcome by the world. And we're not going to be, Christ certainly is not going to be overcome by the world. We need to stay separated unto the Lord. Amen. But the Lord had said now, this is when God, indeed, you can come on up. We're going to close. But the Lord said unto uh, Ananias, the Lord had called Ananias in Damascus to go pray over Saul of Tarsus, who had just met the Lord on the road to Damascus, okay? And, and Ananias says, oh, I've heard of this man. He's a great persecutor of the church. You sure you want me to go pray for him? Go your way, he says. He says, go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. And He was. And we are, each one of us, even if you just got saved, even if you're not walking with the Lord as fully as you should, if you're born again, you're a chosen vessel unto God, unto the Lord. We're separated unto God. And there's a life that we're to live that honors God and pleases God. Amen. I know it's a very simple message this morning, but I want y'all to stand with me. The altars are open.